Hello, Mech Warriors, and welcome to the Mech Bay, where we fix your mech and fix your game. All right, and welcome to the Mech Bay, the tabletop battletech podcast. I'm your host, Josh, and today we have my co-host, Dustin, back into this hot seat. Hello. And our special guest host today is Kurt. Kurt, what's your uh, background in Battletech and tabletop wargaming? Uh, I've been into video games for years. So what got me specifically into Battletech was uh, the old MechWarrior 3 and MechWarrior 4 games growing up. Um, really loved those. Introduced me to the universe, to the clans, to, uh, to my chosen Inner Sphere faction, uh, the Federated Sons. Uh, Tabletop-wise... I got into uh, originally Warhammer 40k probably 10 years ago. Uh, did some local tournaments, nothing major. Uh, mostly just enjoying the, the narrative and the hobby sides. And probably two years ago, year and a half, two years ago, got into uh, Tabletop Battletech, where I met Dustin. All right, so we've got Kurt on today, and he's going to be going to our special segment of building a narrative and competitive lance. He's going to be covering our Davion slash Federated Suns section. Also, we have some hobby progress, some Battletech news, and our meat of our segment is going to be, do you want to build a unit? And, and we're going to cover what kind of lances you can build and what kind of mechs you can throw in there and what each mech's role does. So, Dustin, what kind of hobby progress have you been doing lately? So, I've been painting and assembling some 40k stuff. I've been painting up a piranha, painted up some Phoenix Terminators. I'm holding off. I got my Wave 1 stuff from the Catalyst Kickstarter they ran. Uh, but I'm kind of holding on to all the mechs, waiting for the Ill Clan. Maybe there'll be some new units I'm interested in, and I'll start painting up some mechs. But yeah, mostly 40k minis right now. I uh, haven't been working on any biotech stuff, but yep, just some painting. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. What about you, Kurt? Uh, the last the last several months for me has been a hobby dearth. I play a lot of 30k for my Warhammer nowadays. Um, I always enjoyed Seventh, so I'm enjoying the Age of Darkness. I'm a Dark Angel player as well, so Book Nine for them came out a few months ago. So I've been really big into that. I also got a resin printer, so I've been working on some alternative models for that uh, through Anvil Industries. I've been, got my Wave 1 stuff. Actually, I've been printing some 3D like variant parts for some of my uh, Catalyst mechs. Like, uh, I think it was Thunderhead Studios came out with some of their free parts for Locust and uh, Catapults. Been working on those. You doing the uh, K2 PPC variant of the Catapult? Sitting on my hobby bench already glued. There we go. Uh, what about you, Josh? What have you been working on besides the... Uh podcast besides the podcast the most i have done is assign which of my kickstarter mechs are going to which faction and unfortunately it's being boringly split down the middle where pretty much every inner sphere mech goes to comstar and every clan mech goes to my diamond sharks which i'll be starting soon that's a pretty important part i find i'm like crippled with indecision when i'm trying to figure out which mechs i want to put into you know which force because i play too many of them. Yeah, my big thing was deciding on which colors I wanted to commit to for the rest of the year, essentially. <laughs> All right. And speaking of Kickstarter, let's roll out that Battletech news segment. 
So Clan Invasion is done. Like we have Kickstarter mechs in hand and they're getting ready to close that down in the next couple of days, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think they're closing down the wave two ordering. Yeah, I think Tuesday. Wave one is all shipped. I've got my stuff. I only got stuff or only purchased things from wave one. So I'm good to go until they hit retail. I know I'll be waiting on a part of the Wave 2, the Comstar bundles, but what I'm probably most excited about is Blaine Lee Pardo and Brent Evans' new quote-unquote USA Battletech factory, the creative juggernaut, where they will have that Clan Buster, Black Knight, and Stormcrow that I'm so excited about. I saw B1B Flyer's uh, recent YouTube video where he reviewed some pre-production models. I think it was the Stormcrow. There were some idiosyncrasies uh, in the in the mechs from China from Catalyst that don't show up in that pre-production model. That was pretty interesting. Some messed up. There were some squished parts on the cockpit or the back that you know the torso of the mech. I think we can all agree the quality control was lacking for some parts of the Kickstarter, mainly the dice. But the mechs, depending on how lucky you were, you could see a gun or leg kind of askew. But overall, I think they were still way beyond what we were all expecting. I was pleasantly surprised when I got my Wave 1 next. Yeah, same, same here. I was pleasantly surprised and uh, pleased by pretty much all the sculpts. Some of them are huge. Some of the new sculpts are huge improvements. It'll make uh, getting people into the interested in Battletech easier. Well, it's nice even just getting that classic set of unseens out of the way. Like, I've been waiting for a decent Phoenix Hawk for years now, since I started. Now I have a good Phoenix Hawk. Good Archer, good Marauder. The unseen Phoenix Hawk is, or sorry, the Project Phoenix Phoenix Hawk is pretty heinous, in my opinion. I remember I picked up a metal one at a store garage sale, and it did not have the booster packs, and I was just like, oh my gosh, they actually made a Karita variant of the Phoenix Hawk. <laughs> That's where I was going, was they, they did have a Creed inversion. <laughs> Don't know why you'd want to drop the jump jets, but... So the Tukayid source book. How do you guys pronounce Tukayid, by the way? I'm going to go with Tukayid. That's same. Okay. So the source book dropped. I know you can pick up the PDF version right now. Uh, I think you got a free version, if, depending on your pledge level on the Kickstarter. Have you looked through it at all? Slept with it under my pillow, practically. Yeah, I've started reading it myself. I definitely went over the Ghost Bear and the Jade Falcon sections. Clan Wolf as well. Just kind of reading up on scenarios. Yeah, I'm going to have to pour over the book. I I fear that I'm not going to dig into much of this stuff until we can all start playing again. It's a vicious cycle for me. Got to play the game. Gets me interested in the lore. The lore gets me interested in the tabletop. I know what it's just a extra persuasion for me to get my models painted and ready for the table for when we are able to get to the table. But I definitely enjoyed looking through all the new Comstar variants. That was like Christmas for me already. I like the diversity of the scenarios. I think it'll be good to run them. My only concern is if we want to run a detailed scenario for uh, like an extended scenario, only a couple games per uh, clan is kind of short. I get it. They want to proxy the whole every clan but not every playing group is going to use every clan 
I think it's really just meant to be a backbone that these are some style missions if you wanted to, and you could either play them over again or take other factions, other clans routes and kind of cut and paste them onto yours. You can play through. From from what you guys have seen so far, because I haven't taken a look at this PDF, how do you think it compares to the Error Report book, Error Report 3052, as far as the Chaos Campaign? Um, I'm liking it. Like, I remember one of the things they said for the clan players when you generate the force is they get a free pilot and gunnery increase. So you pay for your mech as a 4-5, you start with a 3-4. And I, I like that for the clan player. But something that I was excited that somewhat accompanied the Tukiid sourcebook release was Camo Specs version 2 is finally out. And for someone who hated using that website before, I'm pleasantly surprised that this one works and works fast. I still don't know if I prefer it over unit color compendium to hold all of my faction color schemes in mind. But having an officially supported color list is really nice. Yeah, well, I, I use it. I, I like both. They both have a nice point of view. Chemo Specs is really good, I think, when you have a idea in your head of a color scheme and you want to go, how does this look on this model? How has someone else taken this scheme and put it on this particular model? Do I like it? Because it might, it might look great on uh, Color Compendium, but it might look entirely different on the actual model. Yeah, that's the only problem with using a digital reference versus a actual tabletop model reference with the new camo specs website it's really nice like kurt was saying to be able to see those paint schemes on minis that people have painted it's also nice that i can click on it and not have to walk to the kitchen and get a beer before the page loads up now <laughs> at least yours loaded up yeah unicolor compendium i really like how they put the fluff with the unit any and they they source it uh, that's great but having camo specs Running on a decent server, it seems these days is it's going to be nice. And the, they updated the website; it doesn't look like it's from you know 2002 anymore, which is also nice. All right, and here we have the first part of playing BattleTech on the tabletop: how to build a unit. We're going to go over what kind of mechs you can throw into lances, and what different combinations you can put in, and different basic tactics to use when you have them. Now that you have mechs on the table and you've opened your box, you're going to wonder. How do I organize these mechs to actually make a list and play on the table? So if you're running a basic intersphere, which most of us are going to be in 3025, it's going to be in a lance. And a lance is really just four mechs, either of the same or different weight classes. So you've got different types of mechs. You've got your light mechs, you've got medium mechs, heavy mechs, and even assault mechs. Personally, my favorite are the light mechs, so we'll start there. These are your locust and commando if you just got the game of armor combat. And these are really the fastest and the lightest armored mechs on the field. They've got light weapons. They've got small lasers and medium lasers. They only do a couple pips of damage, but these guys excel at mobility. Like they are across the table and will let you play the entire table. In terms of battle value and sea bills, they're really inexpensive. Like you can play a very small game if you're throwing these down. Normally, these are going to be your recon lances. Their job is to find the enemy or scout out terrain or just run in, do some damage and get out. So what do you think makes having light mechs fun? Speed. Speed, maneuverability. Something we don't see in a lot of the other tabletop games that I think is unique to Battletech is uh, the whole movement. Movement is so critical, and it's more than just skirmish level. There's whole, half the game is maneuvering, and that's where lights excel. 
I'd say the key to playing Battletech is mastering the movement phase. Light mechs are your backstabbers. They can push a flank. If you need a mech there, it's really great. Having your light mechs around to deal with holes in the field, places where you need bodies, so to speak, where you need mechs. I really like to put my green pilots, if I'm going with a lower skilled pilot into the light mech, either they're going to die already and I can't do much to stop that from happening, or I can give something that's low enough target priority in an actual game that they'll actually survive and be able to rank up in the next game if we're doing like a campaign. If I'm doing like tabletop games, I love them because they can definitely get around behind you, open up rear armor, um, exploit holes in enemy lines. They're definitely my precision instrument that I like to use. I know personally from sitting across the table from you uh, that you have used your light mechs to great effect to put pressure on my backfield or even my other light mechs, tying those those units down or using your light mech to give somebody's sniper something else to deal with or somebody's heavy mech. You know, if you can split the fire, give them a decent target, that's always tempting. It's a great use of light mechs. Everyone thinks they have a plan until a mongoose runs 12 hexes in front of them and is right behind their line. They're like, hey, you have to deal with me now or I'm going to put three lasers right in your back. Yeah, the mongoose bites, it stings. So if you want a little bit more survivability and a little bit more weapons on a mech, then you're going to rank up essentially to a medium mech and medium lances. So these are going to be your 40 to 55 tons in your box sets. These are your Wolverine, your Shadowhawk, and your Griffin. These are pretty balanced when it comes to like weapons, speed, and armor. They're still your workhorses. They've got good hit and run abilities. So they can still move, they can still jump, and they can still take shots and take the beating back. But these are going to be more specialized if you put them all together. Like I like to put them either as all jumping or all sniper or something. They're cheaper, so you can still kind of either upgrade their skills or you can still kind of rush the enemy with them. Yeah, mediums are my meat and potatoes. Um, they're easily my favorite weight class out of all of them, especially uh, as a Fed Suns player. Yeah, I would have to agree with Kurt. Medium mechs are probably my favorite kinds of mechs, uh, just because the at that tonnage, you get a very diverse body of mechs. You have a mech like the Assassin that walks 7 hexes, runs 11 hexes, and can jump 7 hexes. And that's 40 tons. It can be a scout, it's a recon mech, or it can be a, a light mech hunter, a bug hunter. You have the Hunchback, which is just a juggernaut at 50 tons. You have the Griffin, which is just a straight-up skirmisher, um, especially like the K and the M, the Griffin M. You can create really fun and diverse lances built entirely with medium mechs, and they're very flexible. I like medium mechs a lot. Same here. Plus, uh, I think for a good pickup game, a lance and mediums averaging is great as a balance point. Yeah, they can definitely be specialized to be either hard-hitting or just pretty well-rounded for any kind of mission or game. So if you want to move up even from that, get a little bit more weapons, get a little bit more armor, you can move up to a heavy, heavy mech. And that's a 60 to 75 ton beast. Those are your catapult and thunderbolt. These are your frontline fighters or your heavy supports. They don't move too fast, but they mount much more armor and much more weapons. So on tabletop, these are your iconic mechs like grasshoppers or black knights or mad cats. I feel like heavy mechs, before you have access to the light and extra light engines, I feel like they're pretty set in their battlefield role. 
But once you get into the later eras, heavy mechs can be more diverse. So yeah, I feel like in 3025, you're going to see brawlers and juggernauts in the heavy and some snipers in the heavy category. But when you get into the later eras, you can you can see some skirmishers. Yeah, there's there's a few statistical outliers like the dragon and grasshopper, the lower, the fatter heavy or the fat mediums. But really, yeah, they're they're much more sniper and heavy support fire support roles. I think for thirty twenty five play. Yeah, I definitely consider these guys to be the top of the bell curve when it comes to usage in games, whether it's just attacking or moving or just defending. They're going to be doing most of the work. So what do you have if you want even more from a heavy mech? Well, you've slapped a couple more tons and you're in the 80 to 100 ton range, and these are your assault mechs. These are the battle master. These are the awesome. These are your hammers, essentially. They're loaded with as much weapons, as much armor as they can physically fit. These guys are slow. These guys are going to get outmaneuvered. They're the, on tabletop. These guys are expensive to take, but are absolutely devastating when they get used. They have the heavy guns, the AC-20s, the LRM-20s, the max damage weapons that are just going to break a line and keep on moving. So why would you take an assault mech that can get outflanked? When it comes to assault mechs, their role is in their name. That that tonnage range, 80 to 100 tons, you're going to have, except for an outlier like the Charger, that's a 5.8. You're going to have four, six, so walking four, running six, or three, five. You know, three, five movement profile makes up the bulk of your assault mechs. And they're for assaulting things. Typically, if your target can't move, it's a great time to bring an assault mech. On your pickup games, assault mechs are easy for opponents to move around or maneuver away from. So if I'm going to bring an assault mech to a pickup game, I like for it to be a, a sniper role because it's too easy for my opponent to just get away from them. They do anchor the, you know, your force, the tabletop. And they are bullies, so they're going to deny area. If that's a part of your mission, that's great, but they're pretty inflexible outside of, you know, being a bully, denying area, or just assaulting a fixed structure. Kurt, what do you think about assault mechs? Yeah, but Dustin, my my views are very similar to yours. Um, Definitely, I prefer medium to long-range shooting. So a lot of mine, I prefer stuff like PPCs, LRMs, maybe like an AC-10. It reaches out to 15 hexes. Something where I'm not having to rely on a bank of medium lasers or SRMs to get my damage in. So what are some of your favorite assault mechs, or what do you like to use them for, Josh? Assault mechs are probably the mech that I'm least capable of using to full effect, just because they are slower. I always have to break myself from putting my best pilot or highest skilled pilot into one, just because I know it's going to take him longer to get into the fight. And if he falls, he's wasted tonnage, wasted BV. But when he does hit, he's great. But I always find it that he's so easily outmaneuvered that without mechs that are designed to escort or work with him, that it just never works out well. Yeah. When you talk about putting eggs in baskets, uh, when it comes to assault mechs, I also don't like that they're, they're a little too high risk reward for me. Like you're saying, if an assault mech gets knocked on its butt, you're at a lot of BV. It's easier, you know, to have a medium mech pilot fall. You're not losing, you know, maybe a third of your battle value. Because when that 100 tons falls, that's 100 tons of falling damage that he has to take, too. And they will fall. They do. One thing we've never really tried out, but one thing I'd be excited and recommend people to look at as an option is uh, the 
the TAC Ops amended rules for that. Memory serves TAC Ops, Tactical Operations, has a variant rule for the falling and piloting skill checks. That's the the higher the tonnage, the lower the roll you need. Yeah, it, it applies a modifier. I think it's a medium stay where they're at. Lights are easier to knock over. And then heavies and assaults, they get harder to knock over. Physics-wise, to me, makes sense. So once you've picked out which mechs you want to use, either aesthetically or narratively, or just what weapons are your favorite, then you're going to stick those guys into a lance. So probably the most common arrangement you'll see in just regular pickup games or tournaments or something is like a battle lance. And this is one of each mech weight or a light, medium, and two heavies. This is pretty much common for being able to squeeze mechs into a 5,000 BV or just a regular intersphere pickup game. Now, this is a bit more balanced of a composition because this gives you a take-all-comers level of response. Oh, he's got a light mech. Well, you've got a light mech that can deal with it. Or heavies are fighting completely opposite. So if you reference Alpha Strike Commander's Edition, you'll you'll be able to see a lot of these lore-friendly list or lance compositions. Uh, and if you're playing Alpha Strike, then you can use the rules that accompany that game. But for classic Battletech and pickup games, yeah, typically I'd say I'm bringing something that looks like a battle lance. My lances tend to look more like one light, two mediums, and a heavy or an assault, but that's just me. Mine's My composition is usually pretty the same, either one of each weight class or uh, usually two mediums, a light, and a heavy. Yeah, battle lances for pickup games is pretty standard. I, I think that's the default just because of how generic it is. Yeah, you're also always going to be competing to get the most out of the BV threshold that you set for the game, the battle value. So for 3025, we're probably going to say that 5,000 BV is like a normal game. That's enough space that you can throw in your favorite mechs if you want to, but also not just taking, you're not just taking four assault mechs loaded for bear and running them across the table. Yeah, you do want to be able to get a, get the game to a meaningful conclusion by the end of the night. And so setting a limit, a reasonable limit, is a great idea. And in 3025, I see that most people run with five or 6,000 battle value. Besides our battle lance, a few others we've touched on I think need to be brought up. We've already talked about the recon lance, mostly being lights or uh, faster mediums. This, those are really great, I think, for campaign play. I know we've used them before in ours, both with the Chaos Campaign and some of the Error Report games, where the intros to a campaign, it's when we get new players, it's great to say, here's a Scout Lance. Go out, play this easier mission, bug out. As soon as you detect your objective, get out. No, I agree. I mean, the light recon-style lances are definitely better for introducing someone new to the game because mistakes matter, but because you're playing a lower-armored mech with lower weapons things go faster. Like The mech goes faster itself, but they also die faster, so you can just pick up and play another game. And then we also got the fire support uh, lances. Generally more snipers and fire support units than brawlers or juggernauts. And we've, we've each ran some of those at times. LRM boats and PPC boats. Your archers, your warhammers, your marauders trebuchets. What other kind of lances can you really make? You have your skirmisher lance. These are lighter, but, you know, those light mediums. 
or fast medium mechs. I really like skirmisher mechs and skirmisher lances. They're a little lightly armored, but they have good punch and great maneuverability. And being able to, as we discussed, get around the board, a lot of Battletech is in the movement phase. So skirmishers is going to be very maneuverable, very flexible. Those guys are going to come on the table. They're going to run across, jump over that hill, shoot up the enemy, and then jump out before they can react. Yeah. And out of the a game of armored combat, that's your that's your 55 tonners out of that box. That's your Wolverine, your Shadowhawk, your Griffin. That, to me, is skirmishers. You know, in a pickup game of Battletech in 3025 or later, you're going to be playing with these lances or stars you have somewhere between four and six mechs on the table so these these combat roles cavalry skirmisher juggernaut and recon are typically broken up and divvied up to the individual mechs on the lance so let's talk about the nitty-gritty and that is the actual lance building for your pickup games all right so now that you've picked out your mechs and which roles each one fills you're going to try to make a lance that works actually works on the tabletop. So normally when I'm building a lance, I'm trying to take into account the mission. I'm taking into account the terrain that we're going to be playing on. If it's just a random grasslands map or something more specific like a canyon or a lake. Because most maps have a few firing lanes with like line of sight blocking terrain. So making sure that my lance is diverse enough not to off to take that single road that the enemy can line up and just shoot me. Yeah, so unless you're playing a campaign and you have a larger force where you're bringing parts of that force to individual missions, you're going to, outside of that, you're going to be playing your pickup games. You want to build a diverse lance for those pickup games that's kind of capable of taking on whatever the mission brings. Sometimes we'll even use a randomly assigned mission table and roll up the mission beforehand. Yeah, because you never know what your opponent's going to bring. If they bring all indirect fire mechs and you've brought snipers, well, they're probably going to outrange you first and just keep raining down missiles or outflanking you, and you might not even ever be able to see them. So you want to have something that's balanced and has an answer to any problem that you encounter on the battlefield. What about you, Kurt? What are some things that you think about when you're building a lance? Yeah, uh, generally I try just for our normal pickup games, I try to avoid hyper-specializing. So, as you guys have said, I try to stick with the battle battle lance theme, something pretty generalist. I usually stick in a sniper or two, or you know, an, a missile boat, or I'll usually throw in a skirmishing light, like I'm fond of the javelin as my skirmisher, and then a couple mediums to try to take some uh, brawling heat. I like to start with my personal favorite, which are the brawler mechs, like the Black Knights and Grasshoppers. Something that I can head to the middle of the table and just kind of own it and medium laser someone to death. Then I'll go to like a recon style, something that can flank and pepper the sides so I can open up holes and put my other heavy mech normally to deal with those problems. I like to leave my fourth one open as like either a fire support or just a jack of all trades mech that can support my brawlers. So I like to play more close up. So Dustin, when you're coming to the table and you're building a lance for a pickup game or an unknown enemy game, what are you thinking about? So I really try to stick to a formula for pickup games and list building because I get a little crazy. I typically try to put too many snipers in. 
So I try to stick with two skirmishers, a sniper, and a brawler slash juggernaut. And what advantages does that give you? I like the skirmishers for, you know, being flexible, moving around the table. Your brawler and your juggernaut is going to be the anchor of your lance. You have to have a durable mech with lots of firepower that can reach out to kind of pin down the middle of the table, take up the oxygen on the map. And the skirmishers have the maneuverability to support that anchor. And then the sniper stays in the back and tries to land hits and roll through armor crits. No, I think that's great. I mean, you've got that nice central firebase, something that can react to any problem and something in the back that's just constantly applying pressure. I think that's essentially the key to a good battle lance. Now we'll get deeper into building a lance and we've actually got our lance review and our specialist Kurt here will walk us through a 5000 BV competitive but also narrative Davian lance. So as I mentioned before, I'm a big uh, Federated Suns player and Federated Commonwealth when that's applicable later on. So what I do is when I start making my lances, I start looking at the random allocation tables. I start reading uh, articles on Sarna on the various mechs to see which ones were common for them. And then I kind of pick some mediums I like and build out from there to fit my various roles. So for me, one of my favorite mechs is the Enforcer. So about any battle lance that I make is going to have an Enforcer in it. Fits the Federated Suns, has an auto cannon, one of their most produced. So for me, it's a great crunch choice, but also a great fluffy choice. So for me, this list here, this 5000 BV list, starts with an Enforcer 4R that I then add a some fire support in a decent medium, the Dervish 6M. So two LRM-10s to back it up, to act as some fire support. Marauder 3D, Davian variant. And then as my brawler... I have a Thunderbolt 5S. So what do you think this lance does well? For for 5000 BV and 3025 play, I think it does pretty well. It's got a Thunderbolt, which is held to be one of the more durable heavies. It's a brawler. It's going to move up to mid-table for me. The Marauder is going to be behind it, a little slower, because it wants to snipe a little bit. The Enforcer is going to be right behind the Thunderbolt. It wants to use that AC-10 and large laser, but also avoid the back shots. And then the Dervish is extra fire, medium, medium range fire support. I just keep looking at that Marauder and I just think it's so funny that it's a Davian variant, but it has no ballistic weapons, which you would normally see on a Davian mech. But that's really what, in my opinion, really anchors that mech as your fire base. It's going to get up there. It's going to take all the hits. And until you completely destroy it, it's going to keep firing something, either a PPC or a large laser at you. I liked some of the later variants to go back to ballistics, but in 3025 for Marauder, the 3D, I think, is a great variant, especially for my faction. So what kind of missions do you think this your, your lands will excel at? This would be, for me, a general pickup game. Uh, also, I think it would serve in a general head-to-head battle. Do not think it would work too well, obviously, in a recon or necessarily a urban setting, just because most of the range is going to be cut down. Only two of the mechs have jump jets. Are there any substitutions you would maybe make in your list? Uh, Maybe to alter it slightly for a mission? Uh, If I was to make really any substitutions, if we were doing something kind of special like extreme heavy terrain or an urban environment, it would probably be to switch out the the Marauder for something a little bit more close range. 
something with more medium laser batteries and jump jets. So something like a guillotine or a grasshopper. Yeah, I definitely like this list, though. I definitely see that Thunderbolt and Marauder holding the middle of the table, the Enforcer running around to cover a flank, and the Dervish just hanging back and raining LRMs on your opponent. Like, I don't see any problems with it in a regular game, maybe in a specific mission where it might have to hold a hill or something, but definitely just in an all-comers game, this mech, this Lance will definitely excel. So we talked about what kinds of mechs there are, light, medium, heavy, and assault, and when to use those mechs. And we also talked about what different battlefield roles each of those mechs has. Like you have your scout mechs specifically, but you also have your skirmishers, your cavalry, your juggernauts, your brawlers. All right, so I'd like to thank Kurt for coming on today to break out some Davion magic and lance building tactics. Thank you for having me. And I'd like to thank all of you for listening today. Join us next time where we talk about mastering the movement phase. If you have any questions, you can email us at themechbaypodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook at The Mech Bay Podcast.